3: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff One Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio.
4: And for this Feminist Movie Friday, once again, Annie is letting me... Well, letting my teenage self live in the wonderful memories of some of my favorite movies. So excited. And much like my love for Brandy and Whitney Houston's Cinderella. <sighs> These movies made my heart soar, and it still does. I rewatched it. and I was like, it's so bad, but it's so good. Yes, it's so bad. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to jump into it. And today we are talking about the amazing performances by Oscar winner, Whoopi Goldberg in the smash hits, I say both of them, Sister Act and Sister Act Two, Back in the Habit. You get it, Annie?
3: Yes, and we've used this pun before <laughs> in one of our titles <laughs> about women and their habits. There <laughs> we
4: go. I love it. Um, and yes, even though the second one scored like I think 19% in Rotten Tomatoes at this what? point, how dare they? Be Yeah. Such an amazing <sighs> movie with icons like Lauren Hill and Jennifer Love Hewitt being a part of it. How dare you? But I know. I digress. Um, and as per usual, we come on the hills of the anniversary of these films, uh, the 30th anniversary that is. So uh, the first one was made in 1992, and the second one was made in 1993. So yes, every time we do this, I don't know how we get it to get it done, but we do. Um, so I like to think that we are more relevant than we know. <laughs> That's a nice thought. <laughs> but also, there is a third one in the works, um, and this is all done with Disney. If you want to watch it, you can go watch it on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it began with Disney. I didn't realize that. I thought it was Touchstone. But it actually was a Disney film to begin with. And, um, yeah, there's a third one uh, it coming Coming soon. Actually, I think Tyler Perry has signed on to be a producer. Will be Goldberg is very excited. Apparently, Harvey Keitel was like, "I wanted to be in the second one. Put me in the third one." So he apparently <laughs> really loved this movie. The gangster dude <laughs> really loved this movie. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yes. It is also on Broadway. It was, anyways, and it was made into a musical, as it should be. I feel like that's only natural. Right. Um, but yeah. So let's get into it.
3: Yes, uh, let's. So, Sister Act was released in 1992, and though it ran into several barriers, including going through civil writers it was a success um, as in fact it hit the 8th highest grossing film worldwide that year and it sat in the number 2 spot for 4 straight weeks behind Lethal Weapon 3 <laughs> Patriot Games and Batman Returns that's right <laughs> which yes was one of our uh, other feminist uh, movie Friday double features I think that one was actually technically a triple feature but yeah that was, was a it? fun one oh, yeah, because yeah. I threw in Spider-Verse at the end that's right Annie's mm-hmm. Annie you always got to Add the extra. I've yeah, we might be talking about Spider-Verse at the end of this one. Who knows? <laughs> Anytime I can take it. And with its $31 million budget, it grossed $231 million worldwide, which was, yeah, not so bad for a comedy film that was led by a mostly women cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're excited to talk about it. I did love this movie when I was a kid. I think I was a little bit young for it. You are. You are. I was a little young, but I did love it. Um as we said, the movie starred Oscar winner Whoopi Goldberg playing Dolores Van Cartier, who had just won that award for her role in *Ghost*. Which have I told you my story about *Ghost*? No, I've never seen it. But randomly one day, the DVD just showed up outside of my door. Oh, and I haven't watched it yet. But as I an own adult. It. Yes, like within like the past. It was before the pandemic, but maybe the year before the pandemic. (laughs) Someone really wants to do the uh, pottery scene with you. (laughs) I think it was a ghost, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also starring in this film was Day Maggie Smith, playing the Reverend Mother, Kathy Najimy as the Sunshine Sister Mary Patrick, Wendy McKenna. Uh, as shy sister Mary Robert, Harvey Keitel as the gangster boyfriend Vince LaRocca, and Bill Nunn as Lieutenant Eddie Souther. The original script and screenplay was completed by Paul Rudnick, but due to some disagreement with the studio and studio execs, he backed off and other writers stepped in, including beloved Carrie Fisher ah, and <laughs> Nancy Myers of 90s rom-com fame. Right. So there's a lot. And apparently, like, they had Bette Midler
4: as uh, the original star, but she thought that her audience wouldn't like uh, her as a nun, and Whoopi Goldberg stepped in, which was kind of controversial at the time because uh, a black woman being a lead like this for uh, a big comedy was unheard of, um, especially that it kind of crossed over into uh, worldwide fame. Also, there was a complication in that there was a debate whether or not the lieutenant should have been black or white. Uh, well, race being a huge issue, um, right. finally settled in having Bill Nunn, who had come off of several other big films, finally being cast. And for some reason, the romance part between the two of them, even though you see a little chemistry, it's really played down. So, you know, mm-hmm. who knows how that went down. But okay. Mm-hmm. So, Annie, I'm going to just go into this because I'm going to get really excited, you know this, (laughs) because I love these movies so much. I'm just going to go whirlwind through for you listeners as well as for Annie. So, we first meet Dolores as a child at Catholic school, acting out and making jokes, uh, being admonished by the nun for her silliness. But then we jump to present-day 1992. I know that's not present-day. Don't start with me. (laughs) Uh, We see Dolores performing with her girl group, uh, a montage of different 60s, 50s, 70s classics for gamblers barely paying attention at the Las Vegas Casino. We soon find out that she's having an affair with a married gangster, Vince LaRocca, who she's not happy with. And after receiving a purple mink coat that was formerly LaRocca's wife, Dolores goes to confront him and break up with him. But as she walks in, she witnesses him and his boys murdering his driver for snitching. Oh, no. (laughs) So she quickly leaves, but is being chased by her boyfriend and his men. And she rushes to the police station to report what has happened, which brings us to this hilarious hijinks of her time with the nuns, which, yeah, this is very, very dark, but the way very very dark beginning you're like oh god someone immediately (laughs) gets murdered okay (laughs) and i saw this at 12 like i love this movie wow but anyway Mm -hmm. so she is soon placed in protective custody and is hidden with nuns at the saint catherine's catholic church and due to the nature of the case lieutenant eddie souther is the only one who knows of the location and to say the least dolores is unhappy with the arrangement but gives in So she dons her habit and meets the other women of the convent. Here we meet Sister Mary Robert, Sister Mary Patrick, and several others, including the Reverend Mother, who is not thrilled because Dolores tells of all these things that she had done previously, trying to pretend like she was a nun in Las Vegas with all the sinners. Uh, But of course whatever. And now we know Dolores as Sister Mary Clarence. And at this point, while she's telling these stories and complaining about the food, uh, the mother suggests that maybe she needs to fast and stop talking. All those things. Kind of cool. So the next day, Sister Clarence is woken up bright and early, I mean bright and early, to attend church. There we see the sad choir of the ladies with an almost empty church. And though she tries to fit in, Sister Mary Clarence decides to go to a local biker bar because, you know, she needs to get out, who is followed by Sister Mary Patrick and Sister Mary Robert, both thinking she's going out to preach to the community, so they want to join. They all rush back home after listening to some delightful music and dancing, but are caught by the Reverend Mother once again. And the following day, uh, the Reverend Mother puts Sister Clarence in the choir uh, because she's like, you need something new. Here you go, do this. Sister Clarence quickly assesses the situation and the talents of the different women. We discover that the church mouse can sing very loudly, um, that they can harmonize, and maybe Sister uh, Patrick is a little too loud. Just, just a little too loud. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, that's how she auditioned for that role, is by doing that operatic voice, and they loved it so much. They're like, don't do anything <laughs> else. <laughs> and so soon we come to the following church service, where we see a whole different type of choir. Sister Mary Clarence has shaken the choir up a bit and it brings in some new church attendees. Oh, but the mother, Reverend Mother is not happy. However, the Monsignor is delighted and encourages Sister Mary Clarence to continue to work with the choir and even to go out into the community to minister to the neighbors. And Of course, this gets uh, them a lot of attention including a news report, on how the nuns are out in the streets, connecting with the community, which is, of course, is a no-no, and the lieutenant has to be like, don't do that anymore, you can't be out right. like that, how are you, how are you, why, are you, Why? just why? <laughs> mm-hmm. And as everything seems to be going okay, we see that there is a leak in the precinct, and they have discovered, they being the gangsters, that where Dolores is, and reports it to Vince, who's been on the hunt for her the entire time, with a big hit out on her. And though the lieutenant comes to warn uh, Dolores because he figures it out, she tries to go back to save the nuns from Vince because they're coming and only to be caught and taken back to the casinos where he commands his men to shoot her. But they can't because she's dressed like a nun. They're like, but she's a nun. You can't can't kill a nun. Maybe she really converted. And because (laughs) of that, she's able to get away. And at the same time, the nuns, the actual nuns, have come to save her. And as they catch up, And they try to, you know, trick them. But no, the gangsters find them um, and catch up with the nuns and Dolores. And Vincent and his boys are debating who's going to shoot whom because, again, nuns. (laughs) Uh, But amidst all that, they get caught and arrested. And everybody lives happily ever after the end.
3: Also, the Pope shows up, I should just oh, mention.
4: Oh, yeah, it's because they have the big show at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was my They're biggest, so I can't upset. believe I forgot the Pope showed up. <laughs> again, I apparently forgot again, even though I watched it again. I was like, oh, yeah, you don't see the Pope, you just see the back. Yeah, you just see the back. But Because they'd gotten so much attention, he mm-hmm. shows up. And, of course, they do the final performance. Oh, and, yes, yes the, the nuns discover her true identity, but everybody yes. loves her nonetheless.
3: Yes, more on that to come.
1: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Rev up your thrills this
0: summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.
3: We need to talk about the amazing sequel. Uh, Very predictable and hokey. But I know it's one of your faves. I still love it so much. This is so one of my much. first. I, I, it's my first time seeing it. I loved it, too. It was fun. Um, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit.
4: Absolutely. So, and we have once again the incomparable Whoopi Goldberg, Dame Maggie Smith. Kathy and Jimmy, Wendy McKenna, and a majority of the previous nuns, uh, joined this time by the amazing talents of Lauren Hill in her breakout role as Rita Louise Watson. And yes, you do hear her full name. Oh, I forgot to mention, did you notice that Bobby from Supernatural was in the first one? He was one of the cops. No. A young, a young Jim Beaver is in it, just so you know. But back to the second one. Okay. My bad. I just needed to, need to know okay. this. <laughs> So yes, we have Emmy Award winner Cheryl Lee Ralph as the mother of Florence Wilson, Rita's mother. Ryan Toby as Wesley Glenn Amal James, who, by the way, wrote Miami for Will Smith. So he's a songwriter. Oh, there's wow. There's a piece of trivia for you. Uh-huh. And of course, there's more fathers and priests in this one. I think they call them friars in this one, which I was like, huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we add that to the mix. And a Mr. Crisp, who is the antagonist, played by James Coburn. Oh, and uh, of course, we can't forget Jennifer Love Hewitt, who was a part of this one, very Mm -hmm. slight part, but she's still
3: there with all her makeup and glory. Yeah, I think I got to the end and I saw her name show up and I was like, I knew it. Like the whole (laughs) time it was kind of at the back of my brain, like I know her from somewhere. Where is it? There you go. There we go. Uh, So yes, let's get into it. Uh, so the second one starts, and we discover that Dolores is thriving as a headliner in a new Las Vegas show, which highlights her adventures from the first sister act. It kind of reminds me of what happens in Chicago, where at the end they have their like whole musical number about yes. what just happened in the movie. Sort of like that. Uh, during the performance, her old friends Sister Mary Patrick and Sister Mary Robert come to not just watch the amazing performance, but to solicit her help. The sisters had been sent by the Reverend Mother to help revive the school that the teachers had started teaching at in San Francisco. And so begins the new adventure of Sister Mary Clarence. Yes. So back in the habit, (laughs) I said it,
4: uh, sister Mary Clarence arrives at St. Francis Academy, a school that has not been doing well as in fact, uh, the school was on the verge of being shut down to the dismay of the sisters, but to the delight of the administrator, Mr. Crisp, who is seeking an early retirement. Um, and it's during this time, sister Clarence is assigned to the music class, which is labeled the bird class as students quote, fly right through it. Um, and the rambunctious crew does not disappoint with a wonderful rendition of Yo Mama jokes and introduction to the class, including the wonderful Rita Louise
3: Watson. Right. Um, And Sister Mary Clarence's relationship with the class does have a rough start. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But uh, she soon gets them together by laying down the law, and though some protest... AKA some Rita, mostly. Uh, the class comes together and we soon discover the class is full of talented singers and rappers and piano players. Um, some of them, yeah. Um, and here, the sister decides, Sister Mary Clarence decides, well, we could make a choir. We can make this a choir. Um, and that she does with the first performance, Oh Happy Day, with an amazing solo from Wesley slash Amal. Um, soon we discovered that school was once a reputable school that won singing competitions like every year. And of course, that means this new choir would be joining this year competing and might even help save the school. <laughs> a very popular trope in the 90s, yes,
4: apparently. Is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's here we see the return of Rita after Sister Mary Roberts has discovered her talent for singing. Uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful song, by yeah. the way. Sister Clarence talks Rita to come back and join the competition, but Rita has to hide her love of singing from her mother uh, as the mother disapproves of the dreams of being a singer because her father kind of wasted away and never fulfilling that dream, so she's like get it together, essentially really <laughs> stern. Mm-hmm. But the secret doesn't stay a secret. Um, after her mother discovers that she's a part of the choir, Florence, the mother, makes Rita quit to focus on her studies, and even a visit from Sister Clarence does nothing to change her mind, but But Rita's friend reminds her of the importance of the competition and being one of the group. And after being kind of sneaky-sneaky, she joins after they do a huge fundraiser for this trip. Because, you know, they all had to raise the money and we'd have a great sequence of Whoopi Goldberg pretending to be James Brown.
3: Wonderful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they all go to the competition together. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Including Rita, yeah. Um, And at the competition, we see the many stumbling blocks in front of the kids and the school, the disapproving mother, the discovery of Sister Mary Clarence's real identity by Mr. Crisp, and other groups who seem so uh, put together. Like, they hear another group sing the same song they're going to sing. But of course... They overcome with an updated rendition of Joyful, Joyful, led by Rita. Uh, They win the competition and the approval to keep the school open. Hurrah. Um, Rita also gets approval from her stern mother, who's like, wow, I didn't know you were that good. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, we couldn't end the movie without the big reveal that Sister Mary Clarence was not a sister, but a headliner of a Las Vegas show. And she's like,
4: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They call her a showgirl. and She's
3: like, I have never been a
4: showgirl. I am a headliner. You know, you got to have that moment. Of course, uh, we do have to mention the fact that they were all in these fancy robes, but they were so Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. They wore their street clothes. I'm putting quotes here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Street clothes so they can can be real hip-hop stars. Yeah, it's very cheesy. It is very (laughs) cheesy. There's a lot of lacking. I wish for more singing. Uh, But... I still love it. I still love everything about it. I remember singing these songs, quoting these
3: quotes. Like,
4: so good. hmm So good.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a very uplifting, fun story. Because I remember... Because wh- this was the first time I'd seen the second one. And I, like, was all... Twisted up, like, what if they don't win? Like, they built it up, and, but it was just nice. It was just yes. nice that they won. It was nice that the school stayed
4: open, of course. And I love that when they were announcing the winner, the announcer was like so excited for them, like, yeah. over the top acting. It's like, of course, Saint Francis. Yes, you know, like, you're yeah. like, supposed to be biased here. What's happening, dude? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find it interesting that you had the split between the school that usually won, the one that sang the same song was all white uh, and very put together as in like they were a posh probably very rich school versus this school Mm -hmm. which was apparently the only one in that district and the kids would have to have been uh, pushed to other districts and would have been separated may not Mm -hmm. even be able to go to those schools um, because of uh, not being able to get there. So a lot of of things that happened but like of course it was an interesting like opposite of each other. We love we love the underdogs. We love an underdog. Yeah. The 90s were all about the underdog. And, of course, I think things have flipped on its head more recently where they don't oftentimes win anymore, but they get a good lesson instead. I don't right. like
3: that. <laughs> well, that's why it was nice. It was one of those things where I was just like, oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I also loved about the second one. There
4: was no romance. There was no, like, uh Couple coupling. It was just literally a coming of age story mm-hmm. about dreams. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, we'll get into some of the themes. I, I don't know. Of course, all movies have themes. I don't know if this one has a lot of themes. This is not so, so much feminist as much as in like really new and different in its perspective on how they did comedy and Mm -hmm. who led these comedies and why it was so significant Mm -hmm. is interesting to me because when this happened and Whoopi Goldberg took the role uh, over Bette Midler... I didn't see a lot of articles where people were upset that mm-hmm. a black actress had taken over for a white actress, which I think too ha- often happens today when it doesn't even make sense. Even if you have no investment in the, these characters, people automatically co- have this conversation about what's woke, what's correct, what's not correct, instead of just letting it be, mm-hmm. which is kind of that conversation we had about Brandy. There was a lot of controversy with Cinderella because... The idea of Cinderella, a very fictional character, was of one race, which is that it was superior of a race, which is a whole different conversation. Um, But in this role, it was not that way. There was a conversation about not seeing many black women being nuns. Right. And whether or not that's a thing. Uh, Mm A very minute conversation. I will say there were a couple of lawsuits here. I don't know if you know this. No. Um, One, there was a black nun, I think a... Named Deloise De or so, like, was similar to Dolores, De- right. who had written a book in the 80s, 70s that was similar to this, how she. Got together the choir, revamped a city, all these things, and then she really and she tried to uh, make it into a screenplay. No one took it, but she felt like they that Disney and these screenwriters had taken their idea, mm-hmm. which was kind of similar. So they're like, maybe uh, she lost that lawsuit because she tried for billion a billion dollars, <laughs> and that movie did not make a billion dollars. <laughs> but so that kind of went to the wayside. There was another one um, with. Some fairly famous uh, writers who said that they had that idea in the early 80s uh, of a closeted nun. So like a fake nun uh, coming out and being a comedy. But they also lost. Even though uh, Disney was willing to settle for a million dollars, they were trying to super multi-million dollars. uh, They lost completely uh, because they said there was not enough of the similarities. But a lot of the similarities were that it was a black nun. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting in itself that that's such a novel idea that it became something that was like about copyright and infringement and all of that. Mm -hmm. I love that today we still talk about it as, as just wholesome entertainment even though again we talked about the gangster and then a fair thing that happened it's like oh yeah but the fact that it happened like she moved on to the nunnery Mm -hmm. the convent made it more wholesome Mm -hmm. perhaps and i think the only curse word i remember hearing is hell and damn (laughs) the entire time
3: yeah i really liked about it that Which is not what I was anticipating. Because again, I saw this movie and everything. I liked it when I was a kid, but I was young. So I didn't remember a lot of it. But I really liked that, um, you know, they're kind of like painting Dolores as, you know, the antithesis of a nun. Like, oh, she smokes, she drinks, she curses. She's like, lived a life, as (laughs) they say. But in the end, like they don't really judge her for that, and they also don't like throw her out when they realize she's not Sister Mary Clarence. Right. They're like, no, she's been somebody who's been there for us and who has helped us, and we're gonna go and be there for her and help her. Yes, I liked that a lot because I was expecting a lot more. Like, oh, you lied. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the ending with with the kids
4: too. Like, you deceived us. They just right. found that her more impressive. Even saying right. you don't act like a nun, I was like. Wait, what? Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so let's get into some of these themes. Of course, as you're mentioning about them rallying together, sisterhood, I feel like the literal... Mm-hmm. sisters yeah. being sisterhood but the camaraderie the love they have for each other the the fondness and, and yeah the encouragement they have for each other instead of judging they automatically are like oh my god that's amazing let's do this together I want to help you or this is even better like it's it's such a beautiful thing to see um, and you can even see that not necessarily sisterhood but togetherness in the kids mm-hmm. that they come together and rally together and they really feel like something is important and they fight for it and it's beautiful to see that
3: yeah. Yeah, I really liked that, too. One of my favorite parts of both of them was I feel like Whoopi Goldberg's character was such a good teacher. She was such a good, like, she could pick out, like, oh, you you could really sing, mm-hmm. uh, this shy sister. Like, oh, you can do this. Or, you know, you need to be a little bit more quiet, but does it in a way that's very supportive and, like, not insulting. Um, and then with the kids, like... She's never—there's never a piece of her, even though she's confident in her, like, I'm a headliner. There's never a piece of her that's, like, putting down someone else for being better than her or anything. It's much more about, like, building up uh, to make the best choir, this group effort that she can make. And I really like that, like, in the second one, it kind of starts where she's very successful. But it doesn't take much for them to convince her, like, hey, will you come help us out with these kids? Like, this is their only school. She's like, okay. Um, immediately.
4: she yeah. just thinks that the Reverend Mother is in trouble and she's she drops mm-hmm. everything, even the publicist who, by the way, is an actor from designing women. Um, <laughs> and so he was pretty big back then. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was. She's was like, no, <laughs> no, these are my friends. No, I'll do what they ask. Uh, mm-hmm. I love that. But you know, apparently she was like that in real life as well. So the first uh, sister act, she had gotten the flu. Had to take off a couple of days, but it was at that time she had realized that the rest of the cast, the nuns who weren't scripted, who weren't stars, who may not have speaking parts were... possibly paying for their own meals, paying for their own hotels, and she was not allowing that. So she took that time as to not necessarily protest, she said, but put things in line to make sure that they are their needs are being met and they're being taken care of. And so apparently, like, she did that for the cast. Uh, Kathy Najimy had actually said that she was one of the most wonderful people that, that she had ever worked with, that she really cared about the rest of the people on the set. Uh, and Kathy Najimy... I had worked with, and if I am correct, one of the either producers or directors or writers was also from Hocus Pocus. So mm-hmm. she really talked about how this was a catalyst for her career, which is hilarious because she would have met—I don't know if she already knew Bette Midler, right? Who was supposed to be on this film. So you know, you know the connections here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's lovely to read that that's what happened. Even though, if you read into it, there was a lot of controversy, a lot of back and forth, and a lot of like, uh. Not niceness that happened behind the scenes. Not necessarily, again, with the actors, but even just the whole uh, process. But yeah, that she stood up for her sisters, literally, in making sure that they are cared for. Mm I was like, oh, I love that. And like you were talking about, too, something that I love to see is that they grow together. Like they learn from each other as where Whoopi Goldberg, Uh, Sister Clarence, is teaching them how to sing and to be confident and to really come together as a group. Uh, So do those kids. She brings them together, even if they don't uh, like the same thing. And I love the same part of the young woman who doesn't know... Mary yeah. had a little lamb. Mm-hmm. So she sings show tunes, which we
3: have yes. coworker
4: who loves show tunes. <laughs> yes. Loves show yes. tunes.
3: <laughs> yes. No, I love that too. again. That's like a, such a good example of her being a good teacher because she was like, "No, we're not gonna make fun of her. She doesn't know it. What do you know? Like we can we can come from where you are, and and get this worked out." So I loved that too, and I loved like her relationship with the Reverend Mother, which was very kind of, you know, clashy. Here's the antagonist uh, in the first one. But the Reverend Mother, you know, came around and was like, look, I can I can appreciate what you've done. I can see what you've done um, for this group and for this church. Uh, and then in the second one, it, it is that they're good friends and protective of each other. So that was very sweet to see. But yeah, it was... I don't know. It was very nice to see a character that was so like willing to be open. Like when she enters that class with the students, I would have like melted into a puddle (laughs) and just like oh god. (laughs) But she tries. Like she keeps, you know, talking about her favorite music and trying to figure out what they like and how she can get them to work together. Um, And the same with the sisters at the convents. But just kind of being an open listener and and open about how difficult things are. I remember she has that line where she says something like, "You know, the one thing I hate about this room is there's nothing to throw when she's so yeah. frustrated." So it it was nice to see a character like that that was so invested in other people uh, growing together, coming together while also being like growing herself and and getting to show off her own talent.
4: And I have to say, I forgot to add this part, um, Sister Mary Lazarus uh, was actually played by an iconic actress, Mary Wicks, who was in movies like White Christmas that starred uh, Bing Crosby as well, like one of the biggest iconic Christmas movies. Problematic, but, you know, it's, it's, the, it's still there, um, she was also in uh, one of my favorite movies, The Music Man, which I loved as well. So like, she was a big part of that, but she is the the original a lead for the choir who steps down. And instead of getting mad, which oftentimes happens, she supports her and is like, oh, great job. And she's also the one that does the show tunes, the second one, as we (laughs) talked about the show tunes. Um, But I kind of forget that these actors are iconic in themselves. And even though we may not know their names, she's been in acting since 1942, if not earlier. So she's been around for a long time. And her face is very familiar. You should probably, you'll see her and you'll be like, I've seen her in something. It's right. just this movies. And yeah, I think another part of the growing together, getting new is believing in themselves. Of course, that's the huge part of the 90s. Really like understanding who you are, following your dreams, all of these things. The first one is believing in yourself. We have uh, Mary Roberts, who doesn't sing loudly because she's so shy and embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You know, she helps her come out of herself. Um, she does the same for Mary Patrick. She does the same for even uh, Sister Alma. <laughs> yeah, turns off her battery, but yes. then she gives her she gives her a chance to play away on that piano, and she really gets into it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that was, that was nice to see because I feel like when the the first one starts, you know, the church is empty, and you hear kind of several versions of you know I joined to help people. Um, and we're just kind of sitting here <laughs> and following rules. <laughs> and then, yeah, Dolores comes in and is like, no, here, we will we can revitalize this choir. I know that you have this strong voice. I know that you can do this, and I know that you can do this and all this stuff. But then that does lead to them going out and, like, getting to know the community and, and bringing other people in. Um, and seeing that confidence grow. And then the second one with the kids, because the kids were kind of like, well, this is a bird class, as you said. Like, this is, there's no point to this. Um, and she, and Dolores kind of kind of shows them like, oh, no, you have talents. Um, what what you choose to do with it is up to you, but you have talent and you should believe that you have talent. And she does that with Amal yeah. especially and Rita especially. Yeah. Like, you can do this and it's beautiful and wonderful and like this gift. Yeah. And it's good, it's beautiful and wonderful to hear is the audience. <laughs> yes. Good. Yes. A um, mall. That that mm-hmm. note that hit
4: hits. You're like, what? Yes. Love that scene. <laughs> um, and of course, <laughs> everything can be fixed with singing. Everything can be fixed with singing, Annie. Yep. Did you know this? <laughs> I will not lie. I love musicals and when I was explaining to a good friend of mine why I love it, I was just like, man, I just wish a problem could be fixed with a song. Yeah. And then you just move on.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And people join in. Yes, <laughs> and people don't judge you. No. <laughs> no, it is nice. I've told you that musicals make me nervous, but musicals like this don't because I can anticipate when the singing is right. coming. If it's surprise singing, then I'm yeah. I'm the nervous. constant over the top singing where
4: everything is a song, which mm-hmm. I love. I love. I right. love it. As in fact, I uh, went to karaoke this weekend and mm-hmm. I did, uh, my friend and I, because we loved it, did a rendition of On My Own from Lame because I love it. Nice,
3: nice. Did we kill it? Yes.
4: Did we sound good? No. You she probably. did. Actually. She sounded really good. You have a <laughs> I was good screaming into the voice. mic. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I just love all that. And honestly, though, that's one of her things uh, for Whoopi Goldberg. And I think it's for a lot of people. It's one of those commonalities that people really can bond over um, is music and songs and your interests. And she talks about that. She talks about her love for old school Motown music um, and the girl groups and how she found them dynamic um, and how that really, really affects her heart. I feel the same way right now. I'm really caught up in K-pop music, a lot of it, trying to figure it out. And it feels very familiar. And so it's comforting to that, Mm -hmm. even though I have no idea what's happening.
3: <laughs> right. No, music is very cathartic. Like, you find a good song and it can just give you such emotions, um, such feelings. And it was, I mean, like, you know, as <laughs> hokey as it might be, at the end of the second one, all these kids are coming together, they're singing this song, and it's so good, and people are so into it. You're just like, yes.
4: <laughs> yeah. It. It's true.
3: It's true. We Mm -hmm. all
4: are. I think uh, on (laughs) to all of that, one of the biggest complaints about the second one, and people are like, you know, they didn't do this right, was literally that um, there wasn't enough singing, that they cut off at the wrong Mm. times. So when we have uh, you walking in to see Lauren Hill's character and her friend singing, um, I sing because I'm happy, together together, and then you only hear a snippet, and you're like, no, why didn't you at least let them finish? right let me hear that. And then that the only other song is Joyful, Joyful, and Oh, Happy Day. You want more. Although, mm-hmm. this is realistic, y'all. When you're trying to rehearse for a song, it takes a whole semester, especially if you're trying to do competition, to get it perfect.
3: Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought they were, when they heard the other, like, more quote, polished group uh play the same song. I thought they were going to switch it to was it oh happy day? Are they were oh saying happy in the beginning. I thought they were going to switch it. Um I like what they did. It was good. But yeah, I was also like I love these singing parts. <laughs> yeah. Um I will say my one
4: complaint is the dude, the white dude trying to rap.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It made me yeah. a little bit a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> No, I'm
4: just kidding. But yeah, I love that they came together. I love that they try to add rap. It really did feel like old people trying to figure out rap and be like, this is what this is, right? It, it yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you know what? They tried. It's okay. I think someone's review said the Casio beat and I was like, oh, ow, that that's so dated. Why? That hurt my feelings. That really hurt my feelings. <laughs> Especially like quit. Quit hurting my feelings about this movie. I love it so much. I watched this one, I think, way more than I did the first one. Uh, It's just something to that soulfulness to it, and it just felt so beautiful. My sister used to direct our little church choir, and she Mm -hmm. would take influences from there. Maybe that's why I loved it as much as I did, because she loved these movies. But Mm -hmm. she would try to do things from here. She would do that, and then uh, A Brother Where Art Thou. We had different renditions from that, too. Very interesting. That's
3: right. We sure. were cool. Oh, we're not cool. why? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, these were certainly fun. Fun for me to watch. I'm glad you got to watch them again. You're welcome. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> they are available for streaming listeners if you want to check them out. And yeah, in the meantime, if you have any suggestions for what movies we should talk about next... You can send them to us. Our email is Stephanie at momstuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stefano Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. I have a feeling she's never seen these movies. Have you ever seen these movies? <laughs> yes, Christina, we must know. And <laughs> thanks to you for listening. Stefano Never Told You's production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life.
4: PNC Bank,
3: brilliantly boring since
4: 1865.
3: Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC.
0: Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway.